We at the Unsolicited Advice Column acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded land of the Darug people. We value the wise, courageous and resilient culture of Australia's First Nations peoples and acknowledge their significant connection to land, sea and community. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey, I'm Nicole. And I'm Ellie. We're best mates in our 30s who are learning how to parent, love a good chat and dishing out unsolicited advice. We want to be a friend in your pocket or in your earbuds who will learn with you and that you can have a laugh with. All right. Welcome to the Unsolicited Advice Podcast. Well, hello. Hey, mate. How are you? I am doing all right. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah, I'm really good. That's good. Yeah. How's your week been? Good. Good. I had a pretty full day of teams meetings today Oof. and which is like the nature of working remotely for most of your week yeah um, and also like even in the office when half your team is working at home it's just all teams meetings but do you know what I noticed today and like it made me feel really bad is that and I don't know if it's because it's virtual I'm finding I'm not reading like the pauses correctly in conversations <laughs> and so there's I was in quite a few meetings today with somebody who sits above me and I kept interrupting her because I just couldn't tell I just I wasn't reading that she was not yeah. finished with her thing her statements yet and then but lucky because it was on like virtual I'd be like oh I think our connection is all oh, <laughs> I don't know oh, let's turn our cameras off oh, <laughs> like, so good, like, I, and, and then but turning cameras off made it worse because I actually couldn't see her face at all and, and I just I think because think of like all what we were like with our group of friends at school and we just kind of talked over each other and we talked at such speed mm. that that became normal that if you wanted to say something you had to get into that gap that and i talk very fast which will become is like obviously no yeah. shock to anybody who's listened we who's both met me. do we both <laughs> are like honestly so speedy when we're talking to each other sometimes i'm listening back to the podcast and i'm like whoa <laughs> that was quick but do you know i think this podcast has actually helped me and it's something having noticed this today at work I'm realizing that I am noticing the pauses and that not everybody that I noticing that I am in fact talking over people all the time mm. and I know I know so you're an over talker absolutely so am I, so am I. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> but I think a lot of the people that we know are probably over talkers and so that's become our norm yeah and we both work in professions where it's pretty common to be in conversations with people mm. fast-paced conversations all day mm. and so i think that pause is i'm just not, not sure what's happening <laughs> it's really interesting because jenko is has actually always noticed this about our group of friends mm -hmm. And how when we get together, he, I think he actually barely says a word. Like when, like when it was just him, mm -hmm. and we'd like the girls would get together for dinner, and he'd come along. I actually, <laughs> he appreciates you and one of our other friends because you kind of would talk to him and ask him questions and engage with him. But other than that, we all just kind of lump in yeah. and compete. 
Yes. And it's really hard to get a word in edgewise with our group of girlfriends. And I, like, mm. that's our dynamic and I love it. And mm, I wouldn't, me too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't change it for anything. But ha- like bringing an outsider into that was really interesting for me to see how I like it was not something I'd ever noticed about our group of friends until he pointed it out to me. And I realized, oh, yeah, we do do that. <laughs> you know, KB, KB is the same. He kind of just sits on the, the sidelines. Or <laughs> if I say, oh, the girl's coming over or whatever, he he just kind of says hi and then it makes himself scarce. Yeah. Because he's just, he, he, can't, he can't keep up. I guess with the the pace of the conversation, and he doesn't want to interject because he feels rude. Yes. So he just, and then by the time it's like we've skipped past because we changed conversations about fifty times in a minute. Yeah. And so we've gone past what he had to say now. So there's no like when there is a pause, the conversation point <laughs> is very. It's long the long. quick or the dead, I'm afraid. Like, yeah. Or it's the quick or your conversation points dead. That's yeah. Jenkins will say something to me really profound after like when everyone's left he'll be like oh and this and I'm like why didn't you bring that up that's a Mm. really great point and I think people would have liked to hear that and he's like I just couldn't I just couldn't I couldn't get in like and I and he won't he like he won't jump in he won't he's so um respectful I suppose of other people's voices being heard where we're I think just so used to just jumping in on top of each other and knowing you just got to elbow your way through yes and somebody will see a bit of space in the conversation to you but you've got to make it clear that you want to get in there yeah it's about sending very clear signals face <laughs> this is this is but this is what makes it on vir- like on virtual so difficult yes um, but remember, like, what it was like during COVID, how hard it was? Well, that's true. It was so hard. It was so difficult to try to actually get people to listen to you or to chime in or to, oh, it's like the poor kids on Zoom during COVID, like, they actually didn't say anything a lot of the time. Like, I'd jump on and I'd be talking to them and trying to get them to engage and they just wouldn't because um, I think they really found it really awkward and really hard. Yeah. Also, I feel with kids, I mean, my mum used to always say this to me when we were kids, but it's like you have selective hearing, you know, you only heard the things or like if they're if they're looking at Zoom call, but, you know, their phone's going off screen or the TV's in the background, they're distracted. So are they even, even if you were to ask them a question or like make a statement or tell them something they've got to do, are they really going to listen to all of it? Because they've got 50 million other things that they're looking at. So they're just like. I mean, I'm not even sure that's what selective hearing means. I, I'm not sure what what does up. it mean. Selective listening, I'm selective hearing. I can't believe how many arguments we used to have in my family because they would tell me something when I was watching TV, and I'd be like, "Don't!" <laughs> like, if I, if you can see the TV is on, I guarantee you, I will not hear what you have to say. Like, I would just be completely absorbed by it. Do you know if KB and I watch something 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 together? I I talk through TV shows. It's yes, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I do it because I like just to have a running commentary of the show. I think it adds to it. <laughs> the, but I'll don't start, come and see a movie with Ellie. <laughs> yeah, I have a bit more level of decorum in a movie theater, but I will try and say something to him, and he will pause what we're watching and like stop and turn, which is actually probably very nice because he's 
making a point of listening to me. Yeah. But it's because he will not take in what I'm saying if he's if he's trying to watch the show at the same time. I'm with KB on that one. Like I I can't I can't do both things at once. I can't track the conversation that's going on on the TV and the conversation that we are having. I, like I can't do both. Can you do that at work? So during lockdown, KB and I often had to work next to each other. And my preference is to work amongst noise. My preference is to work with uh. like music in the background, radio in the background, whatever it might be, because it kind of half grabs some of my attention. Um, enough that my brain doesn't want the bit of my brain that would wander is distracted by that that the rest of my brain can do my work which is probably a sign of something <laughs> i don't know if we need a test to do a test or something but but he's different he needs silence and if i interrupt him it's broken his focus where if, I, if someone interrupts me i can answer the question engage in that and then just go straight back to what i was doing and amazingly i'm very different in the classroom like my ability to listen on multiple levels in the classroom right. is very different to say I'm reading something. Mm. If I'm reading something, I can't have anything else going on around me. And I, I'm actually surprised that I can't watch TV and have a conversation at the same time because I, in the classroom I am listening to what little Timmy, Timmy is saying. <laughs> I'm listening to what Timmy is saying. But I also then hear Georgia use the F word and I can pin up. <laughs> like it's amazing how I can split my mind in that classroom environment, but I can't seem to do that in my personal life. I can't do it at home. I can't. And I've really noticed it now that I've got the baby because I'm listening to him and I'm listening to his needs mm. and he's not even talking yet, but he's communicating mm -hmm. so clearly now so like once he, if he's, if he's whinging, I notice that a lot at mother's group, if he starts whinging or even just like having a conversation, if you and I are hanging out or I'm hanging out with my mom or whoever, if he starts whinging, I'm so tuned into the noises he's making mm -hmm. that the conversation falters, right? So trying to have a D&M when mm -hmm. you're hanging out with a baby yeah. is actually quite hard. Yeah. Um, because my consciousness is split between the conversation and his needs and yes. what he needs. And if, if he's not kind of happily gurgling away, I like, I need to fix it. Do you know what I mean? Because does that not make you think that listening is not actually just the action of listening? There's actually a lot, I don't know how to articulate this correctly, but there's actually a lot of, brain involved in listening yes, it's not cognitive. just the act it's just it's just the cognitive it's cognitive um what i wonder if it's got anything to do with that like no no, no it's not cognitive load but like cognitive focus maybe like what's your what is your brain doing oh. or occupied with i think for sure, i think it could be cognitive load because think if you have a million things going on in your head and you're supposed to be sitting and listening to a seminar or something you're not listening to that seminar because no. you're trying to process the 50 million things going through your brain because you're overwhelmed. Mm. So I think that potentially, I mean, I guess that's why they say there's all those tips for if you are specifically trying to be a good listener, there's all those different bits of advice like 
put your phone away or mm. um, like minimize distractions or like think, things like that. Yeah. I actually, I think the um, put your phone away one, I actually make a real point of trying to do this when I'm having a conversation or I'm out to dinner mm. or like having coffee with a girlfriend. Somebody said something to me about it years ago about how the phone being on the table like especially screen up where you can see the notifications Lashes. coming through and you can see that momentary distraction but you, you know what like the difference here i'll put my phone in front of me oh but i feel bad because my phone's in front of me too i know but you're not looking at it i can see that I you're also not... don't get a lot of messages <laughs> <laughs> no actually i have turned off so many of my notifications because yeah. and, and my phone is always on silent because I work in a place where I can have my phone in front of like not in front of me but I can see my phone yeah. or check it generally whenever throughout the day I don't need to feel it buzz it can flash like on my in front of me and there's yeah. nothing that's ever going to happen in my life that anyone's going to need me so urgently that they can't reach me in another form yeah because I work on a computer. So you've got a million different ways. To There's a way get, to yeah. contact you. Um, but yeah, but I know what you, I know what you mean, but I will often put my phone face down or mm. I've read these cool things where people, um, the first person to touch their phone, like you put all your phones in the middle of the table and the first person to touch their phone or, um, like answer their phone or engage with their phone in any way is the one that has to pay the bill for everyone. <laughs> I like that. I think that's. I really like that. I think I think the phone thing is a really interesting symbol, right? But like for me, I notice it. I'm, I'm obviously I'm quite passionate about phones at school as well. So mm -hmm. the kids like I had a pretty good setup with my classroom that I had like a bag room, and so um, I was a pretty cruel mean teacher in that I would at the beginning of the year I would say to the kids if I see it I'm going to take it to the deputies like you don't we don't do any second chances it's like straight away mm. you get your phone out in my classroom I'm taking it and I'm taking it up to the deputies and you have to pick it up from them at the end of the day mm -hmm. like it's very clear that's good I like that and I really only have to do like I'd say three times before like in a class like mm -hmm. you probably only get like one to three times is enough for kids to know you're serious mm. and then you don't see them again until little tommy is checking the time oh, no. it's like 309 and he just wants to go home and then tommy <laughs> look at that clock on the Sorry. wall tommy i love it so much i love getting it i love i love confiscating phones i get such a kick out of it but my reasoning <laughs> is that you're so distracted mm. right every time it buzzes you're all of a sudden all of your attention because of the dopamine that mm. you get from getting a notification mm -hmm. all of a sudden all your attention goes to your phone like you noticed it earlier right like i was trying to find out figure out how to put my phone onto a mm -hmm. more silent notification setting because it, it was lighting yeah. up it was something's going off in the mother's group chat so yeah. like it's going off and going off and going off and going off and I'm distracted by it. But then also I can hear it. And if I had kept going, I would have said, do you, is this something that you need to look at? Or like, mm. even, like that's what I'll do with people. I'll be like, well, even with KB, I'll be like, you're getting a lot of notifications. Do you need to respond or can, do you need to just go in and turn off that notification for that conversation? Cause sometimes it's mm. just like the gaming boys, like yeah, sending funny memes or whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, do you think they're actually funny? gaming memes um some of them uh it's not necessarily my sense of humor some of them i you can 
um, what's the word, objectively go, oh, yes, that's huh. funny. Yeah. But also some of them are just dumb. Just <laughs> 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 like, oh, guys. But they find it funny and they're all they're all pretty harmless memes. Yeah. So that's all right. or, they're all, or they're related to games or something. I think I've told you before about Jenko's group chat with his mates and how wholesome it is oh i bet it would oh, be it's so wholesome like the things they talk about they like share recipes no <laughs> they like yeah that is so sweet it's really lovely like they're super supportive of one another they're like he doesn't give me details but like he's he's like oh we're just talking about like our feelings and i'm like yeah. oh my god i just i like i love him and i love his friends but in those moments when they're talking about their emotions and their well-being, I love them so much and it makes me so proud that they're like that. I don't know. I just think it's awesome and that's, I think more men should be like them. That's so sweet, yeah. And then they'll crack a really gross joke and I'll be like, I'm out. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> We're back. Here it is. That's it. Uh. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, and I think, so I think putting your phone away, I think is a really clear way to say to someone, I'm actually, I'm listening to you. I'm engaging with you and I'm, I'm not interested in distractions. You have my attention. Mm. I think it's a really beautiful symbol if mm. you mean it. So don't put it in your pocket where it's going to continue to distract you. Like mm. I put mine in my bag and then, you know, I'll get, um, like I'll look at it later and actually having an Apple watch is actually a bit problematic for this. I actually need to learn to silence it yeah. when I'm talking to people because I'm looking at my watch and then it looks like I'm looking at either the time yeah, you're rude. rude or I'm looking at my notifications. So that's a bit tricky, but I got that because, <laughs> because what would happen is Jenko would go to work and then he'd be trying to call me to check in on me and the baby during the day and I'd have a friend over to visit the baby and, and then phone. I wouldn't have my phone on me and I would put it down because that's my habit is put the phone down <laughs> and then he'd be calling me oh, no. a lot of times and then he'd get worried. So he's like, oh. stuff it, you're getting an Apple Watch. Gee, maybe I need to do more things like that if it gets me an Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah. It's really handy. Also, it tracks my exercise and fitness and yeah. stuff, which is helpful because I'm not moving as much. It's a bit more, I'm a bit more sedentary this year. So that, like, that's totally a different chat for another day. <laughs> um, yeah, so putting your phone away I think is really good. Minimising distractions, like how annoying is it to have a conversation with someone on the phone and you know they're scrolling or they're watching TV in the background? It's one thing, though, if I know they're trying to respond and they're like, I'm really sorry. I'm just quickly trying to message someone that I don't mind Open, so much. Openly being like, Hey, yeah, I'm doing this while I'm talking to you. Sorry. But if they're, but if they're, sometimes you can tell when people are just doing the scroll and that to me is like, I'll call you back. I don't say I'll call you back. I'm like, I've got to go talk to you later. Bye. I just can't. I can't. I'd like, if I can hear that your attention is not necessarily split, like if you need to split your attention, sure. But I'm also like, maybe call me another time yeah I think that's too because I I think that too because particularly if I try to have a conversation with somebody and kids will come up and try and talk to me or there's something going wrong and the kids arguing in the background and a simple hey can you stop hasn't solved the problem um sometimes I just think it's easier to be like just give me two minutes I'm I'll just I gotta go have a conversation yeah call you back here and I'll call you back because 
otherwise it'll just the conversation will just take longer because I'm not actually seeing I have to ask more questions because I've not understood yeah. I've not processed my brain somewhere else um but I think that also gets that's also a good point to say that if you are going to have maybe more difficult conversations or you want to actually have in-depth conversations with people it's kind of making time to do that and mm. making sure you're kind of almost making it an appointment or yeah, something like a phone call appointment yeah. absolutely but that's like it's hard to do like yeah. you're also communicating to that person if you go to the effort of doing that I think you're actually saying to the person I care about you and I'm interested in having a conversation with you and I really want to do that properly mm. but it's it like absolutely I can see that's really hard like um yeah facetiming even like with my sister sometimes I'm like hey here's the boy, here's the baby, yeah. and I'm here too. He's happily occupied, and he, but he needs to be part of this dialogue now, this conversation, because that will keep him occupied. He's yeah. like seeing you on the screen and talking to you Aww. will keep him occupied. So, like, yeah, that or a rusk. A, a rusk. rusk. Yeah. What's a rusk? Oh, a rusk is like, it's like cardboard. It's not really cardboard. Oh, like a crusket kind of thing, but yeah. like a different version. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know them. Yeah, just, yeah, I he like can cardboard. go for a really long time on a rusk, yeah. and I can't oh, believe what he can cardboard. whittle it down to. Yeah, it's the colour of cardboard, and it's like it kind just of knows. peels away yeah. like cardboard. And you know it's a bit like if it got wet, wet it's a bit like gaggy. It's disgusting. But it's it's this is the weird thing about the rusk. It's not like slimy. Like it's a bit slimy when you touch it, but it's more like when paper gets wet and yeah. rubbed. Yes, yeah, pills or whatever. Pills, it pills. It's gross. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Rusks. Um, there was one more. That's that was the other thing about listening better. I think it's probably left over from my churchy days. Oh yeah, yeah, a bit of a hang up from my churchy days. I'm a prolific note taker. Oh. And I used to think that I was just taking notes to record what it was that I was hearing. Yeah. Like, you know, being diligent in terms of mm -hmm. taking note of what I was hearing. But I actually think that I use it as a listening strategy. Yep. Because I find in presentations and stuff, if I sit there and I don't take notes mm -hmm. during a presentation, see you later. Do you know that, that that's actually come up in – workplaces for me in the last couple of years not me because I'm someone who doesn't I only write down things that I a think are interesting and want to tell someone later or b it's an action for me to do um but I've, I've worked with people who will have to write the entire meeting because that is the only way their brain can process it to be fair they've all had a diagnosis of some sorts um but it it's like it was a perfectly reasonable thing for them to manage their attention by writing down it's what lots of people mm. do by writing just constantly basically almost like um transcribing yeah what's being said because that's their way and and some people aren't very good at because they might think from the other end that person's not paying attention to me because they're writing the whole time um but actually that's they are that's their way of listening and i think people don't think about all the different like all the different types of listening there are and that sometimes mm. you like look like you're listening but you're really not mm. or like what what does good listening look like i suppose like in a in a university tutorial 
where you've got the person, you've always got these people in the room, right? Yeah. You've got, like, remember at uni, the person who's just thinking about what they're going to say next. Yeah. The person who's listening to you so that they can regurgitate what you just said and yes. pretend that they did the readings too, which we know you didn't do it. <laughs> like, or just waiting for, the, waiting for you to finish so they've got a gap to speak. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, because you looked into this, didn't you? What are the different types? There are fi- like five types of listening or something? Yeah, well, one of them isn't listening at all. It's ignoring, which I think we all know that is. That doesn't need any explanation. Have you ever had actually someone pretend they haven't heard you? I only like friends being silly. I've had somebody actually treat me like that. Who? A oh. colleague. Oh, okay. Um, it was incredibly uncomfortable and so really weird. challenging. It was really hard because you'd say good morning. Oh, okay. Or hello or whatever, and they'd blank you. It's not nice for your self-esteem and it's very hard to even kind of manage at all. So being actually properly ignored when you know the person can hear you but is not listening to you, it's crap. Or I have had, though, where it's not so much they've ignored you, they'll respond if you've said something to them, but they will never in any way make any attempt to engage with you first. Mm. So, like, you might say good morning and they'll go, oh, good morning. Mm. But there's no like, reci- there's no, reciprocity, like, in, there's like no... no intention for them to continue because they're not interested in hearing anything else you have to say. Yeah, well, I've heard that, which is a bit weird. It's a bit, it's a bit yeah. awkward, but I, I can fill a whole conversation <laughs> by myself. So that's all right. I can keep talking. Only one party needed. <laughs> and then the second one was pretend listening, which yeah. is as it sounds like you're just waiting to speak and you're not really listening to what people have to say and you don't really care what they're saying. You're just mm. waiting to speak and it's a, frankly a bit patronising. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like it when people pretend listen. No. And you can tell. You actually can because they haven't really heard what you're saying. They're not actually engaging with you. But I would actually say kids, particularly younger kids, do pretend listening because I would say the eldest child in our family will sometimes be sitting there nodding because that's what she, you know, we've talked a lot about um, making sure people can see that you're listening or hear that you're listening because it's nodding or saying, mm, oh, yes, or okay, or whatever, mm. that kind of end. Um, but then there'll be a pause and the contribution from her will actually be something so left of field because it's obviously what's going on inside her head mm. but she's been waiting for the gap because she knows she has to wait for a gap and then she'll say something that is totally different but it's funny because we've obviously said it we've acknowledged it enough times now that she'll go I know this is left of field or like I know this is out of because I often talk about <laughs> context and she'll go like I know this is out of context or, or not out of context out of um like, what's the word, like, out of, not related to what we're talking about. She'll say, I know this is not related, and then she'll just say her spiel. So she at least acknowledges that it's now, that it's not part of the conversation. But she used to do it all the time where she would just, you'd be going. "Uh, I didn't jump on that thought train with your girlfriend. You what? I didn't didn't jump on that thought train with you. Like, I haven't ridden to the station with you. I'm not getting off at the same stop. What are you talking about? And then, because of the way my brain works, I'm trying to work out, I'm 
trying to work out how she's gotten from the conversation that we're having to that conversation. We're actually in this very moment, I'm just realizing, I don't know why I was ever doing that because she clearly, there was no, there was never any link. There might be a link. It just might be really, really obscure. And generally a good conversation, you are the, like, it's like passing a ball back and forth, right? Like mm. you, you're concentrating on what the other person's saying. You're thinking about what they're saying. And then when, you know, as, as the conversation kind of progresses, you move forward towards a destination together. So oh. the ball situation isn't a great, I'm mixing metaphors, which is gross. And I hate <laughs> mixing metaphors, but like, you know, where like, like oh, it's like a tandem bicycle or something like, you're both moving together to get to the same end goal. Yeah, one at a time. If and if you're genuinely listening to one another, it's the pedals. Is yes. That like that? Yeah, the pedals. The pedals are good. It's one at a time. One at a time. Yeah, one pedal each, right? Yeah. And so, like, you kind of contribute towards moving towards your thought destination together because you are like I feel like that's how it works for you and I when we're having a conversation. Mm. We kind of. I, we can trace the train of thought that we've been on yes. together. Yes. But I find even sometimes with KB, we will be having conversation and then my my brain works so much faster than my, like than my mouth sometimes. And so. Which is insane because <laughs> your mouth can move real fast. <laughs> but I will say something and then I'll have to, I will then go, I have to explain to you how I got to that thought because I've actually jumped like five things, but in my head that has taken half a second. But for me to explain, it takes two minutes to explain the the different thought concepts. And then um, also because my explanations are never short. Also because your synaptic pathways are like speedy. (laughs) Um, But I will have to, I will have to like go back because um. <laughs> I was just trying to continue it on. I see what you're doing there. Oh, God, that was so good. <laughs> so, so the next one, which I actually think is realistically probably more like us, is attentive listening because I think you're more of an attentive listener rather than a selective listener. Okay, describe it to me. It's where we're listening so we can do something with what we've just heard. So we're paying attention, but you're paying attention because you are waiting for your chance to give some advice or <laughs> you want everyone to be like, I'm a good listener. I listen to everything they say. So if they ask me back, what did I, what did I say to them? I can say, I did listen to you. I, I can repeat back to you what you have to say. It's like you, you, you're getting something out of it. Oh dear. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. That's me. (laughs) I think it's me too. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely do this. I can't help myself. I'm like, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I've got, I've got advice to give about that. That's why we started the unsolicited advice. That's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And we talk probably more than listen. (laughs) Um, And then the last one, which I think is really interesting. Because if you think about those other ones we talked about, so selective, attentive, ignoring, and then pretending, they are all about listening from our own frame of reference. So it's thinking about like you are listening for your own purpose to get stuff 
out of it for you, where the, I guess, in theory, good listening is empathetic listening because you're trying to listen from where they're coming from. You're trying to understand their point of view. You're trying to understand like, Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So like, okay. So that, that sort of listening, that's probably what you do when you really care about someone, right? It's like yeah. when you really care about someone and you're invested in conversation and you want to hear their perspective and you're interested in their perspective. Is that that kind of listening? Yes. And you're trying to see it from their perspective. You're not just like trying to argue your point. You're trying to genuinely understand that, understand what they have to say. Mm. Interestingly, um, there is an Aboriginal word from a particular community up in the Northern Territory. Um, and the word is Dadiri. I'm probably mm. not pronouncing it quite correctly, but it's this idea of deep listening. Mm. Um, and it's actually like a respectful listening, which to me, I think kind of aligns with this idea of empathetic listening. It's this idea that you sit with the intention to understand the other person, to kind of connect with they, what they have to say and almost contemplate and not wait for your turn to ask a question, but actually listen and go over and mull on what that what that person is saying and the perspective that they're bringing. Because if you think about it, a lot of Indigenous communities are very good at, at sitting in silence. Like that was a very normal part of um, the community because you were with each other all the time. So you would be comfortable just sitting in silence. It's really, it's actually such a beautiful concept, isn't it? And it's not really one that I've ever thought of before. It's like that listening where you sit like listening with the intention of understanding and you sit with the information and you think on the information. Like I think even when I'm talking to people about important stuff to them, I probably like, like a friend, you know, talks to me about how they're feeling. I, I don't always just sit in it with them. And I think that probably like when I've been at my saddest or felt, rubbish or needed support or whatever some of the most powerful things have been friends who have just sat with me when I've been sad rather than tried to kind of mm. help me through it and I think and maybe it's a very western ideal of trying to feel silence that actually silence is part of listening because mm. it's leaving space for that person to keep sharing if they want to or it's leaving space for you to understand their feelings, your feelings, what you think about that, like the actually silence is a really important part. I would just say, if you want to learn a bit more about Dadiri, head to the Miriam Rose Foundation, because that will explain a little bit more about the community, where Let's it came from. That. Let's link that in the, in the podcast. Um, yeah, I actually, I really want to know more about that. I think that's really interesting, but it also makes me think how important then is it to have a voice, um, right? Like you can see why like conceptually the voice is so valuable and so important because clearly as a nation we need to do some listening. Wasn't it you that shared that um, statement that Paul Kelly or someone had made? Yeah, it was quite good. Yes, mm. and there was, a, there was a particular line in there that I actually think was about, I'm going to say it was about listening. 
pause while we go and have a look. This, he said, this was this, this person had it as the top line of the article. Um, It's not about recognition is not achieved with fine sounding words and feel good statements, but by promising to listen. Absolutely. And I think like, that's exactly right, isn't it? We just haven't, I don't think Australia has ever actually listened to the experiences of Indigenous Australians. It's very uncomfortable to do so. It's hard to listen to what's happened, but it's important to listen and to actually listen with the intention of understanding, mm-hmm. not listen and then f- fix or listen yes. and then um, change, but listen and understand and come to terms with our past. Because I think also you people may not ever truly understand those experiences because they haven't lived them. Mm. And it's also being comfortable with with that feeling as well as being just mm. willing to listen, willing to try to understand as best as you can because, like you said, these stories are really hard to share and these experiences are really hard to share and they are not old. Like this is not, we're not talking about something that happened, well, we, I guess in the long term, yes, we are, but, like, these are experiences of people in our it's, lifetimes. It's today. That's, which it's today, yeah. like the intergenerational trauma and the impacts of colonialism affect Indigenous Australians today. Do you know, I did a um, seminar with work um, and it was about learning to work with difference um, mm. and it was particularly about how to engage with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities and it was actually so valuable. I learned so much from it. But they were talking and it actually lives back. It lives back to our community episode from last week. Because they were saying that the they were talking about the society that existed prior to um like colonization were these really effective functioning societies. And instead of like arriving and going wow look at these people they obviously have enough food they're surviving in this place that's really hot and dry and and but everything's growing everything's so good instead of listening and being like how'd you do all this teach us they were like oh now you can just sit down and do whatever we ask to do like we'll not sit down like we'll we'll tell you what you need to do Mm. but then they were talking about how coming in this is a bit of a tangent but they talked about how um, they brought in this European, Western European idea of society, which is a really exclusive idea of um, things like ownership. This is my phone. Only I use my phone. I can lend it to you, but it needs to come back to me. Obviously, they weren't phones in that time. This is just an example. <laughs> <laughs> um, but where there was this really inclusive sense of community what's mine is yours if i'm not well if you're not well and they're not well then i can't be well because my job is to look after you and build you up so like well i'm well it's a shame that you're sick oh well which is kind of how we are now it's like well i've got my belongings i can lend them to you but at a cost or if i like you or whatever not just oh we're in the same community so of course it makes sense that i just let you use my phone like there's this it's just different understanding of how we relate to each other yeah and that we're all instead of thinking of 
each other as separate individuals we are all one collective working yeah. together yeah. and that we all play our part and it's it, it yeah it was a really interesting like I, I learned so much it, I was just like wow well, it's really interesting to think of the ways that different societies worked mm. and that we lost so much of that because I think that kind of society would be so valuable right now where everyone's so focused on themselves everyone's just trying to get ahead themselves yeah. that actually if we focus more on trying to work together and build each other up and build a community yeah it would be quite lovely I think so too I think like I yeah I think that actually sounds amazing doesn't it that concept <laughs> no but what a good what a good tangent and a good reminder of last week and how interconnected listening is to building community mm -hmm. right like we do need to listen to one another if you actually want to build an effective community it was funny as we were just talking then i, I realized that there's something that we both do mm -hmm. that to try to show that we listen to each other oh i know what you're gonna say yeah the way that we finish off mm -hmm. sentences sandwiches like, no sorry <laughs> 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 that's a line from a different day. I, that. I, enjoyed that. I enjoyed that um but like it's true we actually do that to each other quite a bit and i know i do it i anticipate oh, what the person's going to say next me too. as i'm listening i wonder if that comes across i think it, i know that it drives jenko mad oh, when yeah, i do it too. Mm -hmm. um but like i'm i mean it really well in that i'm i mean i'm trying to like listen and anticipate like i mean i'm showing i'm listening and engaging is what i'm trying to do when I actually do that and it's almost it's almost automatic for me to do that yeah I would say I do it automatically too that I actually am not even sure whether I think of it as active listening I think I think of it as being quite rude because I'm not allowing the other person to finish and I think you once said to me no no that's your way of listening is that you're trying to show people that you are listening because you can guess their next word because if you guess it right that means you were listening because you understand or if you help them along like sometimes like they're looking for the yes. word and then i'm like i think i've got the word i do that all the time i do that but that, like i i notice it because my boss at work when i do it she she literally folds it into what she was saying like she folds in what i've just said like if i guess the word that she's about to say yeah she'll fold it into the conversation. Like say, say we're having this conversation and the word that she, like that you're looking for is like blueberry or whatever. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, like blueberries. And then she'll be like, yeah, blueberries. And then like, and the blueberries, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Like she'll fold it in. It makes it seem like it's helpful. Like yeah. it's helpful. And like, it, it certainly doesn't seem to offend her. I think she knows that my intentions are good when I'm doing it. <laughs> and she, I think she's a very generous conversationalist in that she uh, listens to what I'm saying and sorry that also brings me to another thing that I've noticed have you ever noticed how people who are genuinely listening to you you will hear words that you use echo through the conversation so say you use a slightly unusual word I've heard about this before it, it you can tell if somebody like is actually genuinely mm. listening and engaging with you because they they will echo like a word you've used in this, in, like it might be a slightly unusual word. But they'll pick that up and keep using it. They'll use it again. Maybe not heaps, but it might pop up again in that conversation or later that day or 
you know what I mean? Like it might be a, quite a peculiar word, but like this is how like language sharing kind of happens. This is like when KB says accoutrement. It's like my favourite word at the moment <laughs> because I'd never heard it until he said it and I'm like, what is it? He's like, you know, it's all that stuff. And I'm like, accoutrement, you say? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. So how does he pronounce it? Because I, I pronounce it accoutrements, I think. I think he says accoutrement. Like, uh, a, it, I don't even know. How is it spelled? Oh, it's beautifully spelled. It's, I it's assumed quite it was an French. Unusual that's one. why I was I like, think it is French. Yeah. And that's why I think that's why. Uh, there it is. Okay. <gasps> Let's listen to the pronunciation. Oh. Accoutrement. Accoutrement. No, accoutrement. So, so much try nicer. Try it in French. What does it try in Get a French person to say it. Where's the French person saying it? I don't know. But find them. <laughs> In French. Um, it's the substantives. Maybe that is, maybe, maybe that is a cute but it's just weird. Get up. What? Accoutrement. Accoutrement. Oui, oui. Which is probably, that's probably what KB is trying to say. Accoutrement. He's probably like, accoutrement. Accoutrement. But accoutrement. Yeah. It sounds fine. I like it. I just, it's one, of, it's one of those words that I'm like, no, I, I, I love learning new words. So have, when you, but did you consciously go, oh, I've just learned a new word? Yes. I, no. So this is more oh. subtle than that. So. Oh, I <laughs> no. thought I know. No. Um, no, no, it's more subtle than that. So it's like, you can, you can pick up on, and I learned about it a few years ago and then I started noticing it with people I care about. Do I do it? You do. And words. I do it too. I wish I could pinpoint an example of a word, but say I've just said pinpoint and then in a few minutes time, you might go pinpoint. You can tell you're actually listening and engaging oh. with what I'm saying because words will resurface in a conversation. Is it also if I start repeating words that maybe you say quite regularly? It's how and slang then... kind of like how slang or new words kind of oh. enter the lexicon it's really interesting it'd be like you using the word lexicon in a few minutes but without intent like without being like oh remember you said the word lexicon yes. a few minutes ago it'd be like you using that term in a few minutes to describe something else because it's actually freshly come to mind as a fitting word for that purpose yes. but it shows that you and that person are vibing that you're engaging in real communication i feel like now Every podcast that I listen to that has conversations in it, even like this, I'm going to be listening for that because I think I, I, I'm sure I've noticed it or I probably noticed myself saying words that other people say, but like after that being like, oh, I say that word, I, like I've never used that word. Now I've used it five times in a yes. conversation. Yes. And. But that's the, that's the phenomenon. I, I, there must be a term for it. There must be. There simply must be. I think I find it completely fascinating. I think it's really interesting because it apparently it shows that you're vibing off one another and connecting with one another in a really good way. So do you think it's why we say actually all the time? Actually. So if I was repeating the way you said it, I would not sound like I was saying Ashley every time I say actually. You don't say it. I do. I, you, I hear it. Everyone else. Do everyone you? else who listens to the podcast will know. I Does say, Ellie say Ashley or actually? Because I know I say actually because me and my sister Ashley, Ashley, 
<laughs> hey, Shirley. Ashley. <laughs> we make sure those two words sound differently, different, different because otherwise it sounds like. Because you're like, well, actually. And we actually actually pronounce a lot of words properly exactly the way they're supposed to be pronounced (laughs) whereas we enunciate but you say i think you say actually and exactly a fair bit and i would say that i probably use them more when i'm with you than when i'm not with you which is really interesting given how much crap i cop for saying the words actually and exactly the oh, way that I do. Although I wish I said actually like that. I don't. Well, actually, I actually, actually, actually. We can cut this bit. It's not important. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> okay, where were we? What have you that? heard about giving kids three seconds to respond? Well, I have heard about um, dogs needing more seconds to respond. <laughs> Okay, do you want to tell me about dogs first or do you want me to tell you about kids first? Well, I've just heard that often when we give dogs command, we commands, we expect them to respond at the same speed a human would, but that dogs need a cup, a little bit extra time, so give them a couple, a second or two extra because that's how much longer it takes their brain to process. Well, I mean, they don't speak English, do they? Yeah, we've, they've had to learn a whole other language to <laughs> communicate with humans. <laughs> Do they learn language? Do they? Well, they must know language, but is it is it that they know the word oh. or the command? Like sound, sound, and tone, and tone, and tone. I would say I would say Charlie Roy, the family dog, um, understands tone more than he understands because he doesn't get called Charlie. He gets called Char Char, Charlie Boy, Charles J Dog. Like he gets called all of those things <laughs> and a million others. And he responds to all of them. Charleston when he's being fancy. Like, it's me. Yeah, but he, was, he, he, will come, he will come to all of them. You don't think he just thinks his name's Chuck? <laughs> Maybe. We do just call him Cha-Cha sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. And then it's in all of those words. He's like, yeah. He's like, that must be me. Except for the J-Dog. I don't quite understand. Charles J-Dog. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it nicknames. It's... You guys are nicknames galore. You, like... It's actually really funny that you guys are such a nickname heavy family when my dad is so Your dad's like, a champion of nicknames. He loves to give out a good nickname. Your yours is pretty good smelly. It's pretty But my good. dad called me smelly growing up. Not just to be mean, just <laughs> Yeah, I know. He just he, everybody gets one. Um, what a gift. Um yeah, so okay, so kids and the three seconds to respond. So my sister in law was telling me because I like I ask would ask my niece a question and then she wouldn't be answering it quick enough so I'd ask her again because yeah. actually three seconds is quite a long time so let's just try it hey Ellie how are you going one two three no but now do it without counting and then listen to that silence of how long it is okay hey Ellie how are you going you sound rude <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> But you've got to give kids that long to process your question that you've asked and give them a moment to think of their response and then to answer you. Um, and so I've been doing that a little bit more with the baby is like actually doing like a, you know, a bit of verbal mm. back and forth is doing something for him and then trying to give him a moment to mm. echo it back at me. Um, there's, I mean, varying success levels. Though today he did blow a raspberry, so that was pretty cute. <laughs> that is very cute. Yeah. That's just making me think that 
actually there's even in this conversation i feel like i've learned a few things that maybe when like even when i'm trying to talk to the crew at our house if they're doing something else i'll often say something to them and then if they don't respond straight away i will think oh they're just not listening they haven't heard because they're not listening because they're distracted so maybe one thing is to like get their attention before you start talking to them but two is maybe i actually just need to give them an extra second to to respond yeah give them a sec give just see if it works if it helps you to like instead of rushing in really interesting to see if that little bit of extra time helps hmm, them i'd that's be really fascinated to know yeah because something to work on people need thinking time people need thinking time i'm i'm good at it in classroom i'm really good at it in the classroom i can just sit there and wait and i'll just wait for somebody to respond it's amazing how people will fill a silence <laughs> they it makes people very uncomfortable do you know that was one of the big things that i remember um because i like a bit of background used to be a journalist one of the key things that they tell you is ask a question and when someone finishes your natural instinct will be to ask another question but if you just wait a little bit longer than is comfortable they'll keep talking about that topic because they'll want to feel they'll want to they will want to feel the silence and they were the last person that spoke so they will just keep talking about what it is and sometimes that's how you get people to really try and open up because you actually just have to leave space for them to keep talking and they'll share things that maybe they might have been a little bit hesitant about initially because they they feel obliged to fill the space that's super manipulative (laughs) (laughs) but i love it i'm definitely going to give that a go next time i'm trying to bust a student or something just give them a bit of space to tell me what they want to tell me yeah um Elle, do you have somebody that you would consider to be um, like a listening, like, yeah, somebody who's really good at listening, somebody who's listening inspires you to be a better listener? I think I've had, I think I've had a couple of really good managers in my time that I have thought if I could interact with people and engage with people and because I think I, I think I'm more inclined to speak than I am to listen. And I've seen how successful they've been by actually being the more silent one in the meeting and actually just contributing really important pieces of information. Yeah. But then I, yeah. Why do you have someone? I feel like you've got someone. I do. I do. I actually, I want to tell you a story first about the other day I was with a friend and then we ran into somebody we know who hasn't been well. And I was really inspired by my friend's way of speaking and asking questions of this person and the way that she was really listening to his answers and then thinking very carefully about the questions she would ask next. It was just really beautiful to watch that kind of interaction taking place because I was a bit of a loss as to what to ask and what to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just did it really beautifully. And I just thought I'd love to, I'd love to listen and then thoughtfully craft a question in the same way she does. That was one thing that really inspired me. And then I honestly, I can remember really mourning the loss of my nan's ears 
for Mm. listening. She was an incredible listener and really good at kind of taking things in and doing what you're talking about earlier, like that idea of taking in lots of different um, perspectives, processing them and thinking about them carefully before offering Mm. a perspective or an opinion. And I, when she passed away, I just missed having that person to talk to and somebody who would really thoroughly listen to mm-hmm. to me but also to the situation and yeah I just think she was an amazing listener and I can remember yeah when she passed away really thinking about how important it is to actually listen to other people and to listen like my nan listened I think she was amazing and it's I'm really glad we did this episode because it's actually reminded me to be a better listener again I'm really grateful that's really lovely and I I think that's a good place to end on. It's quite sweet, hey? I was going to talk about my brother, but I'm like, nah. No, definitely talk about your brother. No, but just when you were talking about your grandma, I'll look at this out because I like that ending on that. But I was just thinking about my brother, that actually my brother is quite a good listener. Maybe I could skip this in the part instead of the colleagues bit. Take okay. that out. And skip yeah. it. Um, actually, this might be the only nice thing that I... <laughs> <laughs> say everyone take note it's the one only time i'm going to say something nice about my brother um you say nice things about your brother sometimes you do sometimes <laughs> i tell you what you don't say mean things about your brother maybe not to you <laughs> sure but you don't um he's actually quite a good listener and he listens in a way where he doesn't necessarily offer a perspective you kind of know he's a vault and I see that with his friends. I think he's always been someone that people come to, will talk to, will actually genuinely tell their problems to. And he just seems to just listen. And you know, you were saying before about just sitting with people. Mm. I think he just kind of sits and is like, yeah, that sucks. Like he'll just, he won't try and make you feel better. He won't, like not in like a negative kind of way, but he will just listen and, well, he also his main phrase is, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like he goes, yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? People will do that. Like he just doesn't, like he just, it's like not, he doesn't like what I would do, which is like I would do everything I can to make you feel better Better. and be like, that's not true, don't worry about it, it's all good, blah, blah, blah. Like I try and solve your problem for you. He doesn't try and solve your problem for you. He just will kind of like, sit with you in that problem be with you in the problem and he'll just listen Beautiful. he'll just listen that's what he seems to do so mm. i mean maybe i've read it, read it all wrong but that's the that's my understanding of my brother's um way of listening but i feel like you know you have somebody that you've got in mind for do. this question i do yeah and yeah okay well all right mate oh yes what better go gosh look at the time look at the time we're running short on time actually so <laughs> i was meeting this time oh um, oh god oh yeah i've got to go to bed mate yeah me too I, i've got to go too <laughs> i've got work tomorrow <laughs> all right love you talk to you soon love you bye. bye you've been listening to the unsolicited advice podcast brought to you by the unsolicited advice column for more information head on over to our instagram or to get in touch leave a spotify voicemail thanks for listening